the language that we use outside of ourselves and then inside of ourselves is so crucial. Welcome to the Seeds of Growth podcast. My name is Pumihana Palmer. I'm a mindset and growth coach to new real estate agents, small business owners, and high-achieving female entrepreneurs. I believe that true success happens from the inside out, and I'm on a mission to plant seeds of growth and transformation, one powerful conversation at a time. Each week, I'll bring you a solo episode, interview, or coaching experience with business owners just like you to help you shift your perspective, elevate your beliefs, and build a business that inspires you. Now let's dive into today's episode. What's up, friends? Welcome to episode two of Seeds of Growth. Man, I am so excited to be sharing this conversation with you. I recently sat down with my very good friend, Juliette Laluel, to talk about imposter syndrome and how that feeling of not enoughness and who the hell am I to be doing this shows up in our minds as real estate agents and as expanding entrepreneurs. Juliet is a full-time real estate agent, investor, and the founder of the Heavy Realty Organization and Movement. She's done everything from working in restaurants to building a bicycle business that started in a garage and graduated to a full-on retail store and warehouse. Cut to today where she is the go-to matchmaker for musicians and their real estate investments. Not too long ago, Juliet made the difficult decision to leave one of the top real estate teams in Hawaii to go solo, specializing as a one-stop shop investor agent. Now she's actively flipping, buying, and selling homes not only for her clients, but also herself in both the Denver and Hawaii markets and is actively expanding her reach to across the country. She's been able to grow a high-profile network, one that many investors only dream of having. You can connect with her on Instagram at at Juliet Laluel and at Heavy Realty. You guys, this conversation was so jam-packed full of knowledge bombs and nuggets that we actually had to break it up into two episodes. So please lean into this conversation and be sure to catch part two. All right. So yeah, today we're talking about imposter syndrome. You know, that has been something that I know that you and I have discussed in the past, maybe struggled with a little bit, you know, for sure, maybe a lot of it, depending upon, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know it's something that a lot of people either in our careers or others um, have been facing a lot. They've been communicating with us a lot about that. But before this, before we turn on the microphone, we were just uh, trying to look up what the definition was really so we could better explain it for those listeners out there. But by Merriam-Webster, it says something on here that says uh, originally it was called imposter phenomenon. Imposter syndrome, as it's now usually called, is commonly understood as a false and sometimes crippling belief that one's successes are the product of luck or fraud rather than skill. And I mean, I know that when we both read that, we're like, uh, ding, yep, ding, ding, it me, hashtag it me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that is something that I think I've spoken about before to you and to other people, um, really feeling like sometimes I say to myself quite often, how did I get here? You know, like me, like they're wanting me on their podcast. Like how, and you know, how did I, you know, looking back, managed to get this far because for me i think with imposter syndrome the way that i kind of struggle with it is what i probably do is i choose to only see what i see in myself and i don't see what others see right which is a very real thing there are many versions of us out there hundreds and hundreds of versions of us to other people 
all of those things and something to be very mindful about at all times. But that's something and the last thing that I'm usually thinking about. I'm only thinking about the me that I see. I look at every single mistake I've made. I've looked at every dumb thing I've ever done. I overthink about it. Stay up at night thinking about something stupid I said that probably no one remembers, right? And then I think about, you know, all the things I should have done, didn't do, and I'm curious as to how I'm making it, you know, in this almost day-to-day life, not even just career, but how how am I, you know, living in the place that I'm at, you know, making the success and friends that I've made, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, I find myself not feeling worthy for. Totally. And we think about every other, we take every other exterior influence and everything else into consideration and diminish our skills and diminish the work that we've done in order to get to that point. And you're, you are absolutely right. Like you just, you hit it on the head. Yeah. I think it's something that I think we, as we were reading in this article, you know, it's something that, you know, a lot of women have faced and I'm never one to make things, you know, about women or men or something. You know, we are all human beings. And I think that we all feel similar things, different levels, but for different reasons. And I think that maybe imposter syndrome is something that might root back to be childhood, something that has led you to believe that you might not be worthy enough or, you know, maybe you weren't seen enough by parents or, you know, you didn't succeed. You're a late bloomer. There's a bunch of different reasons. I think one of the reasons, you know, for me, when I'm thinking about why am I to this day in my adult life having imposter syndrome when I have come, say, really, you know, quite a far way and I do have some successes, why am I still feeling this way? And really to unpack it for myself, it goes back to probably growing up with a father that has Asperger's that has never really said like, I'm so proud of you. Good job. Those types of things. And, you know, my mother leaving when I was seven, you know, feeling maybe a lack of worth there and not having a lot of external stuff pointing at me or, you know, who knows? Because I think as I'm sitting and analyzing it now, I mean, I was really good at swimming when I was a kid. So had a lot of blue ribbons when I was young. And you do have some like external praise, but if you don't have it like in your household, how real is it almost, right? It's coming from people that don't know you, right? They don't know me that well. I barely know these people that are congratulating me. So, you know, I think that's maybe where it kind of sprouted for me. And maybe that's where it sprouts for most people is that young childhood phases and things that have gone throughout your youth and maybe other other incidences as you get older. But I think that's probably where it begins for a lot. Yeah, a thousand percent. You're absolutely right. And it's really interesting how um, a lot of people don't think to look that far back. What in initially comes to mind is uh, the narrative that I had when I was in high school. I always said that I was the hot girl's best friend. I was I was a hot girl's best friend. I was just along for the ride. I was proverbially riding on coattails, right? And I was very lucky to be there. And I'm certain that that narrative comes from even further back. Actually, now that I think about it, for example, so my brother did wrestling in high school or intermediate. And I was thinking about doing that. And I think I expressed that to my mom. And she's like, no, that's your brother's thing. And there was a couple of times that she was like, no, that's your brother's thing and not. And I learned and was trained, so to say, to always want something different. And what somebody else's thing, quote unquote, thing was could not be mine, which is really, really interesting. And then for me, fast forward to today, I. I mean, we are both in real estate and I was just telling you about this, that I 
um, was at an extremely exclusive listing and high level luxury listing. And my client said, oh, let's put in an offer. And I was driving down the hill and I was feeling super duper grateful of everything that brought me up to this point. But it's really interesting. And I noticed that I pointed to everything other than me. It's really interesting. I was like, part of my journey was I worked at Nordstrom for a while. Nordstrom, you know, it's not cheap and whatnot. And they have an amazing uh, training system, right? So I was lucky enough to get hired at Nordstrom. And I was lucky enough to get the training of higher level customer service, which led to this, which led to this, you know, and I was on a high level real estate team that taught me all the system and processes. And I was, I found myself thinking that I was just at the right place at the right time. Not that I do have an attention to detail and I do have high expectations for myself and I make good on those high expectations. Mm -hmm. It also is very interesting. And I've done a lot of work with my therapist and noticed how guilt and shame is a motivator. I mean, I think you're saying something very important that, you know, we need to really kind of drive on is uh, that luck thing, you know, and the opportunities and being in the right place at the right time certainly happens, right? It definitely happens. And I think, you know, whenever anything has happened to me where I'm like, holy shit, like this awesome, I can't believe I had this opportunity. Like I just happened, I just happened to be there, right? I just have perfect storm, just happened to be there, meet this person, you know, but I too always leave out the other factor that I was there. It was me that was there that either impressed this person enough to hire me or impressed them enough to want to work with me or whatever it is, I was a contributing factor to also that time and place. Yeah, that's you it know? right there, that you were the contributing factor. And we often look around at everything else and saying that was a contributing factor, that and that. Right. And of course, all of that, like it's a cumulative yeah. equation that right. all of that created where you are today. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it really is like time, place and you, right? And how you're going to show up at that time and at that place and where your mindset is and what experience you've already had that's going to, you know, make you shine in front of these other people, whoever it is or whatever's going on. But that's really it, though, because, I mean, I'm sure there's been experiences that I'm unaware of because they didn't go well. You know, I didn't even think about or didn't get the opportunity where I showed up and I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't in the right mindset. You know, what have you? But I, of course, can only talk about the ones that I that I know went well. Right. And, uh, you know, where was I? I I even, though, wasn't feeling like I was still worthy at that time, but I was open at that time to assume whatever position I needed to 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 be, you know, enough for those people on the other end or you know, up. to show up, to step up, to learn, to be open and to to grow with, you know, whatever experience was coming my way, you know, because still, even to this day, a lot of the time and place things, a lot of awesome opportunities that come. I feel unprepared still. I'm like, I don't I have no fucking idea. I have no idea like what I'm going to show up as like me, like what am I going to wear? How am I going to talk? Like, what am I going to do? You know, because I don't know that much because yeah. I'm not this like person that's been in, say, this said industry for 10 years and have done like hundreds upon thousands of transactions. And I don't own like 400 properties or whatever. Like I don't have those things Swim. yet. Yeah. You know, I'm trying. I would like to be there. So, so I'm finding that 
I might not be, you know, the person that has all of this experience, but what's valuable is how I'm showing up. I'm showing up as somebody that, you know, wants to do these things, but is also actively doing it, is on the mission to do so on a trajectory path. And people are receptive to that. You know, what I'm finding, which has been really refreshing, is talking to other people that are in the process of whatever it is, right? whatever path you're on, whether you're on like a career path to become X, Y, Z, whether you're on, you know, a financial mission to be this amazing millionaire or whatever, or even if you're on your path to like just simply being a better person and a better version of you, talking to people that are in the process, in like the dirty, gritty process of doing it is so refreshing than only hearing from people who have absolutely done it and accomplished it and all of those things. I think that has been really helping me on like this imposter syndrome, hearing more and seeing more about others that are either feeling the same way at the same time while we're all kind of growing together, right? That growing phase instead of like a made it phase, right? It's been super, super nice to kind of run into more people and hear those sides, you know, as you know, that's what I can say. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. I absolutely agree with that. There's a couple of things I want to go back to the narrative that you use and the language that you use. You said, I'm not there yet. And I think what keeps us stuck in that not enoughness loop is the narrative of like, I'm not there now. And therefore, I will never get there. And if you think of yourself in like this pit, that word yet, like I'm not there yet. It's almost the language that you need to start crawling out and you know that you're doing the work. I absolutely love that. And I think that's so important. The language that we use, the language that we use outside of ourselves and then inside of ourselves is so crucial that I'm still learning. You know, I've heard it for so long. Self-talk negative self-talk. <laughs> I've heard people say that to me for like the years and years that I've been in therapy as a troubled teen and like all the like, oh, it's negative self-talk. You should stop that negative self-talk. First of all, I'm the one doing it. So it's been really hard for me to stop it as when I was younger. People are like, oh, yeah, they're like, just stop doing that. Not that easy, especially when you're in it. Right. But once you start to understand the importance of changing that communication. And even it's one of those things like fake it till you make it. Doing all of like the mirror talk where you're talking to yourself up in the morning affirmations and you know, all those things. Like I used to think that was such woo woo. I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to go and stand in front of the mirror and say I'm like the most amazing person. Like I have done that though. And I'll tell you, like it works, right? It works. It works to some degree because you know, the way that's the way that the brain operates, it doesn't register it as being like a fake thing, right? right. There's studies, there's research, there's books on that where self-talk really is is so important. And of course, the speech that we use out loud. And I know, like, I am just a king at always looking at where I'm not. Sure. And often that's great, right? It's great for goals, but it keeps you super negative. Right. Because you're just like, but I'm not there. And that also keeps you in the comparison game. Yep. Which also, you know, fuels more imposter syndrome because it's just like not worthy, not going to catch up. And then once you start to catch up, you're like, oh, well, no, it's because it's because I just happen to be, you know, lucky. You know, I just came across this or whatever. I mean, it's just so and then it's a yep. loop, right? Yeah. That fake it to your make it thing. It's huge, right? And I want, there's a couple of things that I want to speak to. So the fake it to you make it thing, I've learned to kind of think of it that way in the sense that the fake it part, you're really not faking it when you are doing the work, totally. when you know that you're doing yeah. the work. There is polar disposition sure. on, on sure. that. But I absolutely love 
kind of the fake it to the make it because you're you're kind of faking it with the outside world. But then within yourself, you're like, I'm not faking it because I'm moving forward. Yeah. And I'm putting in the work. I think faking the term fake it till you make it makes it like okay for you. Yeah. To like it gives you permission sure. to yourself and to others to do this thing that might be unacceptable socially, mm-hmm. right? Or or some people might not understand. Or like uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they might not get it, you know, or maybe you as yourself, you're trying to like it might be that uncomfortable thing. So it's a way to kind of justify maybe providing that self-talk to yourself or, or what have you or doing those manifestations or whatever, whatever it is. I mean, that's something that I've been doing a lot with my boyfriend, as well as when we're talking about things. It's it's not like I want to do that thing. Right. I'm going to. Right. I'm doing it. I am going to have. I have. Right. It's talking even if I don't, I don't really have yet. Like I have it. I have it. I've got it. You know, right. I've got it together, whatever it is. You know, speaking in a, in a more intentionally yes. um, about those things yeah. instead of just always saying, I want, I, I wish, yeah. I should have, like those things. It's never healthy to think about the wish and should haves or whatever, because I mean, typically you're talking about what past then. Mm-hmm. Most you can do about past is learn from it, not yep. dwell in it, correct? So, I mean, speaking about the direction you're taking yourself, I'm going to, yep. you know, those are things that certainly help with, for me, getting myself out of this imposter syndrome because what it does is then it allows me to be okay with where I'm at now, knowing that I'm not in this amazing place that I want to be, that I might be comparing myself to others, you know, with it's kind of giving myself like an okay, like you're not there yet, but it's okay. Like you've totally come this far or whatever, you know, I think that's been something that has been very helpful. I think too, we talked a little bit about the uncomfortableness of like, you know, saying the affirmations, because there's always going to be that little bit of like, like almost like a bullshit meter that's within you. And there's going to be that small bit of you that's like, eh, not really. <laughs> right. But one, yeah. the repetition, mm-hmm. like the oh, repetition yeah. of it really, right. really speaks to that. Yes. And being able to notice that little hint of like, and then still move through it. Right. Right. Because I think one, that's the uncomfortable part of it. And mm-hmm. and that's the the backseat driver that sometimes feels like they're in the driver's seat or at least in the passenger seat. And that's the voice that's like, <laughs> fuck you, man. Yeah. Who are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Right? Exactly. And for us to be able to separate, yes, that narrative, that negative self-talk mm-hmm. and to be able to recognize that and say, thank you. I know you have a job. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have a job and your job is to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. But right now what I'm doing is not unsafe. Right. So we're going to recognize that voice yeah. and create that separation because yeah. it sounds like us. Mm-hmm. It sounds like our voice. It sounds like right. our intuition. Right. And I think something important that I actually spoke about with my therapist about is just like, how can you tell the difference between, you know, being impulsive and your intuition Mm. and when you really start to kind of tap into yourself and build your Mm self-awareness of how do i feel Mm -hmm. when i hear this narrative Mm -hmm. do i feel anxious Mm -hmm. do i feel excited do i feel at peace and when we can't identify that then all the voices sound the same right and there is an importance of body awareness, honestly, yeah. when it comes to 
our journey, our mindset, totally. and and moving through imposter syndrome and not feeling enough. So with that, what are some of the things? Well, what is imposter syndrome feel like to you? What is that not enough feeling feel like to you? And how can you, how do you recognize it? So that feeling for me has been coming up when, you know, people like, it's as silly as when people are like, oh my gosh, you're doing such a good job. Like you're crushing it. Like you're this, you're that. And like, they're saying like literal things that I'm doing, like data can prove me wrong. Right. But I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you must be full of it. Like, why would you be saying that to me? You know, so that's like kind of where I go with it. And so it would be, you know, those types of things. It's been like certain a podcast that I was invited on that was really big. I was like, why on earth would they would want to talk to me? Like, I'm nothing. Like, I'm just like, you know, having that self-talk just get turned all the way on. And what has, you know, been helping me with that has kind of been what you're talking about with the self-awareness piece, which is really the key in nearly everything is, you know, breaking down those two voices, types of ways that we talk. Well, there's many, but one is going to be that first voice that's going to be like, hey, you're not going to laugh for like that. Why would they say that to you? You know, like the first one that comes in, right? And that's instinctual, you know, and that's probably for, you know, a good reason based upon, you know, where we come from on a primal level. Absolutely. It's going to be fight or flight. Like, what are yep. they saying? Do we, want to, do we trust this person? Mm-hmm. Why are they saying that? Right. Because that's how survival used to be. So that's kind of where that's first coming from. But, you know, now where we are is elevated human beings and having self-awareness and being able to have that second brain that's going to be a lot slower to think and analyze and break down, having that self-awareness and looking back and breaking it down, but well, you know, actually I have had these accomplishments and this is, you know, and and then breaking down how I think of myself. That's been a big thing, meaning because I struggle with a long, long history of self-hate. Sure. So breaking that down um, and just, you know, speaking positively to myself, looking back at, again, the facts of my successes and the path that I've done and the people that I've helped and, you know, the external things that have proof of that yeah. and being like, okay, well, I guess maybe I'm not such a slime ball. You know, maybe I'm not like this person that I'm telling myself I am. And, you know, shedding then all of that, those initial voices and just believing other people at the same time too, which has been very difficult for me because I have a tendency to not believe other people. They're going to tell me something. They're going to give me some compliment. I'll be like, they're just saying that. What do you know? Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you know? Like, you, you don't know me. You know, you don't, you don't know you me. You don't know me. You don't know me. You know, or yeah, certain things and being better at taking, you know, either the compliments or taking the praise, if you will, and why somebody thinks you're awesome and just allowing that to be without having the ego, which is the extreme part in everything also is removing the ego and just being open, being receptive to yourself and others to be able to be open for these opportunities and then have them take them, have them go well and have that be another success that you have that you can, you know, reference back to. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. So for me, as far as imposter syndrome, I, again, speaking to the body awareness, I usually feel it in my chest. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and once I feel like the sensation in my chest, it's like a heaviness that I just kind of feel. And then that is my clue. There's the body awareness. There's the body clues. Mm-hmm. And then I start to listen to the narrative and I start to just notice the thoughts. And that's where, you know, meditation actually comes in. Totally. I was just thinking about that. And being able to separate yourself. And I'm not as awesome about my meditation practice as I would like to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have ADHD, so the 
thoughts that I have going on in my head is a mile a minute. Yeah. So having that awareness and really building that muscle of being able to create that separation and just notice thoughts has been huge. So when I start to notice like me bringing in outside deciding factors, let's speak specifically because you're talking about the podcast that you were invited on. Uh, for me specifically, talking about the listing, the, you know, the high level five, six million dollar property that I just went to go and see. And, you know, a client said, write it up. Let's write up an offer. And of course, my initial, my initial thought was gratitude. Oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. I, I am at this point in my career. But then it was the, well, this isn't really your relationship or your client, you you were pulled into this relationship because of someone else, you know, this is their relationship. And, you know, you're just, you're very lucky to have done that, this, this, and that. And you're only at that point because you were on a high level team and you did rub elbows with other agents and, you know, it's because of other people. And, you know, I just started to really feel and see how I, I went down that rabbit hole. And I was able to stop myself because, of course, this is this journey, yeah. this mindset journey has been going on for a very long time. Sure. But I did. I called up a friend and I prefaced what I was saying and, and the celebration, if you will, with I don't know if this is even going to go through. I don't know if the offer is going to get accepted or anything like that. But oh, this is where I am. And I even I was like, I don't know if this is where I'm at in my career, but, you know, this is where I'm at right now. And she's like, no, this is exactly where you're at in your career. Like, you need to own this. And that really just hit me. And again, a light bulb went off of like, you're diminishing. Why are you diminishing your skill and all that kind of stuff? And it's, oh, so eye-opening. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode served you, please do me a small favor and head to your favorite podcast platform to rate and review the show. Your small act will play an exponential role in getting these powerful conversations out into the world. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at at Pumehana Palmer and DM me with your insight and takeaways. See you next time. Aloha.